1: This is the Besotted Pride of West London weekend review podcast and so my name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here after our game against Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park and I'm sitting here with my chums, Laney Lane and the Allard. Lenny Lane, how you doing?
4: Yeah, good, thank you mate. Yeah, got back from uh, South London in one piece. So uh, yeah, with a point under my
1: arm. So yeah, very happy. And we've got the Allard in the house as well. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, it was um, a good day out yesterday and um, yeah, no, ha- no hangover this morning, which is always a winner.
1: That's always definitely a winner. So listen, we're going to review yesterday's match. You know in bits and pieces as we do uh, starts, but first of all, like I said to you, check out the post match podcast. We do a podcast straight after the game, as you know, on the terraces, in the streets, wherever we do. We've got Rasmus Ankerson on there, we've even got Matthew Benham on there and his son chatting about it, giving their thoughts on the game. But also, we're going to look forward to the Forest Green Rovers game. We're playing them in the League Cup on Tuesday, and we're going to be chatting to Laurie Martin from the F gr podcast we'll chat to him after our little chat about the palace game but first of all like i said to you let's just go back to this palace game i mean guys laney give us your main takeaway from that match Main
4: takeaway was the fact that we're competing again, um, and we we're unbeaten and not conceding. Um, defense is really tight. Pontus seems to have stepped up to the mark. We're well organized at the back. Um, we have a real good springboard for for the rest of the season, assuming we don't go off the rails. So yeah, my main takeaway is that you know I, I'm I'm just really confident with what I'm seeing, and uh, it's uh, it's you know I'm just relieved that it seems to be.
1: Going to plan so far seems to be going to plan. I mean, the LR. What's your thoughts on the, well, just on match?
0: Yeah, I mean, my, my main takeaway was I, I. It was the intensity of it. I. I really didn't think that we had a moment to breathe. I. I, I don't remember us playing in such an intense match um, in recent times, and certainly not of, of of that sort of quality, if that makes sense. I think um, we talk about the championship being really physical, but I think what we saw yesterday was was how intense and physical. Also, laced with a good amount of skill, the Premier League can be when you're playing teams like Crystal Palace. And I don't, and, I, and I'm not that's when I say teams like, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I I, I've, I just think it you, you realize how hard this season is going to be. It was, um, intense,
1: yeah. And the thing about it is that, and, and you, you know, you're talking about that in effect, we, we couldn't switch off because I think the thing about it is that sometimes in the you know, in the Championship in the games, and the reason why we've lost it is you see us switch off for a minute. And we uh, and we lose it, but in that game, I mean, you couldn't switch off at all because even though it's very even, Stevens, you've got the midfields quite well matched, and we're battling away. But you switched off for a minute; you're in trouble. And we, I mean, we switched off early on in the game, when Collar Gallagher came down, smacked it against the post, and it was just like, whoa! You know, those little moments can actually really cost you, innit?
0: it. Yeah, and I think that's what I mean is is we've had to. We've had to step up our intensity. Palace didn't give us a moment to to play yesterday. Really, you know, there was there was no passage of play where where we kept the ball for even maybe a minute or something like that. It 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 was proper intense, and I think it's um yeah, it, it was a real eye opener for me. Um, I didn't relax in, in the game, and and, and our players. Couldn't afford to relax.
4: The physicality of it, as well. I mean, some of the challenges were going in from from both both sets of players. Really, were, were big, you know. And the, the timing had to be spot on. And, and I also noticed that Frank onyeki onyeki he, he spends quite a lot of time on the floor, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure whether he's targeted or whether um, or whether he just you know likes to spend a bit of time on the floor um, but yeah you're absolutely right it's interesting because the forest um the forest, the forest the palace fans have talked about it they talked about it on the post-match
1: podcast as well saying that they felt that we time wasted a lot especially from set pieces and we sort of went down and didn't get back up again which you know there's an argument to say maybe that's fair but also the other thing is that when they clattered Jan out, they really did clatter him and he's not a person when he goes down he gets straight back up again so uh, we did actually think he was hurt at the time didn't we absolutely yeah
0: and, and and that suggests we were playing for a draw. I didn't feel like we played for a draw. Uh, you know, I thought we went out there and set our stall out that we we were going to try and win that game. Um, it didn't it didn't come off, obviously. But um, but to suggest we were time wasting, maybe the last ten or fifteen minutes when when things swung a little bit, probably Palace's way. Um, you could make an argument. But for the rest of the game, I think I think genuinely people were getting hit quite hard. Um, um although Frank, yeah, he does take he does spend quite a bit of time on the floor.
1: Yeah. And again, if you check the post-match podcast out as well, we talked to Rasmus Ankerson again, the Brentford director of football, who actually said that he thought we were a little bit unlucky. And if we had the rub the green a bit, we might have got the three points. For me, what, my main takeaway is that I thought defensively, we were much better than I thought it would be, and, and this is no disrespect to the players that we've got, but I just thought in the Premier League, you know, you know, and I know we've only played two matches, but I think defensively, I think we're really tight, and that's the main thing we need to, to have. If you're, if you're not letting in goals or you're being very tight in defence, that's going to set you up a long way. So that's maybe actually very happy as well. Um, also, there's one main takeaway I had for that, is that actually I, I forgot how much walking you do on away days, you know, obviously we haven't been to away days for like 18 months, and you can tell when you get up in the morning, when you've had a good old away day, when your legs are hurting, your, your, your muscles are hurting in your legs, because you know, you've actually walked for about three or four miles that day, and I, I did quite a lot of walking, you know, South Norwood, North Norwood, East Norwood, you know, Clapham, you know, East Dulwich, I was walking all over the place yesterday, so I definitely knew that I had had a big away day as well, and 23000 found uh, well, we come to that a little bit later as well, but I thought, you know, big crowds, you know, not used to that. But look, coming back to the game as well, the Brentford eye catcher, the Allard, who caught your eye for the
0: bees? Um, uh, yes, and it is th- th- that's an interesting one. Actually, do you know what? I think for me, I've got Brian and Brumo down. I, I just couldn't believe how much work he put in. I, he just he's, he's turned this sort of corner this season for me where he's... Just put it in so much. Maybe it's because the position he's playing in is slightly different. Um, because obviously he's playing up up alongside Tony, and he just worked and worked and worked, and he harassed and harassed and harassed, and occasionally he turned the ball over. Um and yeah, I just thought he was exceptional. Yesterday he probably just ran out of puff a little bit in the last 15-20 minutes, and that's why, you know, I'll give him a I'll give him a eight and a half out of ten. Um I think when Tony put a cross in um, t- just towards the end maybe the last 20 minutes Nibremo, Nibremo wasn't there and um, Tony was really frustrated with him and he was <laughs> and soon after he was substituted but other than that I just thought he was exceptional
4: Lenny, I'm going to go for I'm going to give it to David Rea I think I think that that, that tip over save um, was just kind of uh, just exceptional and he, he looked he looked in control um, at the back and confident um, all the way through the game you know um, we we, we, we passed it out well we 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 did that kind of play out from the back and we play those beautiful triangles he looks on top of his game um and uh you know apart from the one chance that hit hit the bar um hit, hit the bar on the post the palace early on i thought i thought he marshalled the defense really well um yeah to that I thought david raya i think he's had a, he had a he had a cracking game yesterday
1: yeah he definitely that save that he pulled off actually i think that's a prime example of a situations where you could uh, you could find yourself all of a sudden in a bit of a pickle again you talked about it last week about being going 1-0 down Laney and when you go 1-0 down how are we going to get back for that and there's a situation where you know I didn't think Palace again if you look at the stats and that but also looking at the game itself they didn't create actually that many open chances obviously they hit the post with Gallagher other than that they actually didn't create many chances I mean if you like like the XG their XG was about 0.5 I think it was and ours was uh, 0.0, no, ours was almost one, you know. So, again, you know, if you look at the chances that created, we created, you know, twice as many good quality uh, chances as they did in a game which didn't have that many chances, as such. But, um, but, but, you know, that opportunity that they had when all of a sudden they just went, you could see it in the second half. It looked like, whoa, this is a bit of a danger moment. Bang. And he pulled that save off. I thought, you know, that was, that was definitely a big moment for me. <laughs> and I keep going on about it, but I love Frank the tank. I just thought that his energy and his kind of, you know, his energy in the middle of that pitch, breaking up the play, the tackles, his pressing game. I just thought that it kind of like, it it caught them, not say it caught them unaware, but they just couldn't handle it. Um, And I just thought that he was, he was tremendous. I mean, obviously he couldn't keep it up for the full 90 minutes, but when he was doing it, you know, we were winning, we were winning the ball back quite a lot in midfield and we were just, you know, pressing them. And also like, you know, the, Crystal Palace players trying to play it out from defence as well. You know, they were, they were struggling to play the ball out from defence, trying to get it out there and playing the ball back to their keeper the whole time. And I just thought, you know, what was going on with us there? That was really great. And Frank the Tank, and yeah, I loved what he was doing and I'd love to see him. I can't wait in sort of four or five weeks' time when he actually gets up to full fitness to see what he's like. But talking about Palace and we talked about, you know, the couple of chances that they had there. The Palace danger person. Who was that for you, Laney? Um, uh, ben Teke Oh, uh, he, hold on a second. He, Sorry about. It. I'm going to say. Uh, just coming back to the Bradford eye catcher. Yeah, marks out of ten. Uh, um, the Allard
0: um, I gave mine. It was eight point five from Boomer. Okay,
4: Laney. Uh, nine out of ten for uh, for David Raya and Frank the Tank. Eight out of ten for me. And the the Palace danger danger person you're saying Ben Teke Laney. Yeah, he's, he's, he's. I mean, he didn't. He didn't really get a huge amount of service. He had one header in the second half, which he should have done a lot better with. But it that, it's that standard of forward that we're going to come up against that if we get them on their day you know they're going to punish us and you know fortunately it, it didn't it didn't work out for him but I was whenever he was around the ball or on the ball or when the cross was was about to go in I I, I you know I was I was wary he was the one I was looking out for more than more the one I was looking out for rather than the one that actually caused us much pain but you know I think Benteke is a, is a, is a, is a is a good striker at this level
1: Okay, i of got to come around to myself next actually because I'm always going last and I think that I'm actually going to choose Gallagher. I thought Gallagher, who obviously we know from the championship last season or was it the season before actually when he played for Charlton, you know, and he, he had a great half season for them and then I think he, he somebody else nabbed him and he went somewhere else in the championship after that. I can't remember exactly where he went to but anyway, but he had a great season and I thought that he he stepped up quite well for them and he's he was, uh, he was uh, well, obviously he had a great chance early on in the game but he was uh, he was causing us a few problems he was, uh, he was he was he was in midfield. He was, he was pressing himself quite hard. He was actually getting himself into the area, getting himself into the danger areas as well. And I thought he actually had a really good game. And I to my Palace chums, and they say that it's interesting under Hodgson, he would he wouldn't be allowed to do that. They said He's, <laughs> Hodgson wouldn't want any of his midfielders to actually be actually sort of getting into the opposition area or anything like that. It's just not allowed. So uh, I thought he caused us a few problems. The uh, the Allots.
0: Um, yeah, I, I I suppose in the spirit of this, I have to pick somebody else but, but No no actually, no no not at all. No oh, not good at all. good good. Well then I agree with you on Connor Gallagher. I just thought he probed. Um he was I thought we found him quite hard to pick up in the first half. I think we did a better job in the second half. Um and um yeah he, he had that good chance didn't he? Uh one of the I think he made it look like one of the best chances of the match because he smashed it against the woodwork. Um probably it wasn't so much because it was a really it was a really tight angle but He's a he's, he's a good player. Um, maybe his discipline let him down a couple of times, but yeah, he he impressed me. I will give him a seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, again, if you're
1: talking XG, that was that, that chance was like pretty much most of their 0.5 XG. To be quite honest with you, I, I, again, I'll have to check it out, but it was quite it's quite high. Probably about one in one in three of those get you know actually hit the back of the net. So uh, I mean, I, th- I thought MacArthur as well was was half decent as well in midfield for 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 Palace. But in general, I thought we did a good job of kind of containing them as well. You know, I mean, I'm just wondering, Laney, have you got a defining moment from that match? Yeah, where well, was the Ray save for me? That was that was that was the one.
4: I think that that that's as you as you mentioned that that was the the, the thing that kept us kept us in it. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. If either team would have come back from conceding a goal, I think it was you know it was nil-nil, quite <laughs> written all over it quite quite early on I thought, and uh, you know if, if either team scored, I think they would have definitely won. Um, and I think you know Raya that that was you know that was that was destined for the top
1: corner I think. So yeah, we got we got to thank him for the point I think. Yeah, um, just just coming back to you know your danger person, Laney, I mean I know you said Bendeke out of ten.
4: Well, he did. I mean, you know, as I I explained, I mean, it was was probably more of the the, the threat in my head than the actual threat on the the pitch. You know, he probably only had a six out of ten. But uh, um, yeah, so but, you know, Palace have got good pros all all over the pitch. I just I don't I don't think they're a they're a they're, you know, they're a very strong team. Um, You know, I don't think they're going to score many goals this season.
1: The Elard Gallagher
0: i um, Gallagher, Gallagher. Um, I think seven and a half. I just think he. I think sometimes his discipline let him down a bit. Um, but yeah, he he could easily have been an eight and a half, nine. He, oh, he faded okay. maybe a bit in the game. Yeah, he did. Again, I
1: gave him an eight out of ten as well because I thought he did all right. Okay, listen. I mean, we talked about the defining moment there. Alard, right, have you got any defining moments at all? Oh.
0: Uh, I suppose maybe, and I can't really, I can't really say. It, but I think you, you could say when, when Norgard put in the tackle that he got booked for, because oh, suddenly yeah. we put in a crunching tackle, and it felt like you yeah. know we were there to compete. Um, I, I thought the yellow card count could have gone a bit more. I think they ended up with three yellow cards, didn't they, Palace? But certainly at the point where um, where Norgard got booked, I think they'd only had one booking, and I remember thinking, mm, you know, really, they, they should have had a few more.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, actually, if you say that was your defining moment, I'd actually say there was a defining moment for us where it could have gone horribly wrong. It's when Norgard made the tackle in the second half, which was a, it was a foul. And it got they got a free kick on the edge of the area, and um, which is basically one of the things that we kind of we let ourselves down on. Probably the only thing that we let ourselves down on and sort of give them too many free kicks. But that was a kind of potential. It could have been a, it could have been a red card because he already had a yellow card on that one. But he put his hand up and, you know, somebody says because he was polite to the ref when he got his initial yellow card, maybe the ref actually let him off on that one. But that was definitely a moment where it was kind of like we had that game, we were kind of controlling the game to a certain extent, and no being sent off could have actually, um, it could have actually changed everything and turned it on its head. So yeah, um, so. and
0: then, then, then there was another moment, I think, where um, where he got caught and um, I can't remember who it was, and he and he sort of fell into the plate. You could literally see it going through his head. I, I can't bring this bloke down. I need to get out of this without getting a yellow card. And it was just a sort of scramble where he was trying basically not to get a yellow card and and give away a that, foul. I think that was the moment I saw that because
1: we gave away a foul in the free kick. Yeah, yeah, in the end. Ah, he, okay. was, yeah, because he fluffed it. Because yeah, he basically, it was, yeah. I think he got the ball and he was in possession. And then they kind of won the ball back. And he tried to win it back. And he sort of kind of fouled yeah. him and fell over. And just like, you know, i like, I don't know.
4: It, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was yeah. it was a really silly kind of free kick routine. I think he played it short, and he turned into trouble, and there was a player on him. And yeah, yeah, I get you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think you said it was at the other end of the pitch, but that was nearer us, wasn't it? But yeah, that, that that's exactly the point, and you could see him going. I can't give a. I can't get a yellow card here, but I need to stop them. And it was. Yeah. yeah it was. It was sort of amusing, really. It also <laughs> yeah. went on. It seemed to go on for about five that's, seconds.
1: That's right. That's right. So listen. I mean, we've talked about you know, danger persons, defining moments. Tell me what was your and it could be anything now. Tell me what your stinker of the match was, and or, or the stinker of the day, and give us some marks out of ten for that.
4: Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Wilfred Zaha. I thought. I thought he was an absolute. Ah, he's just horrible to watch. He he didn't look like he was enjoying himself. He was moaning and whinging and. Uh, yeah, what a sourpuss! Didn't even shake hands at the end of the game. He didn't look like he wanted to be playing for Palace. Um, I if I, if he was a, if he was a Brentford player, I'd, I'd I'd want him gone um as quickly as possible. I think he's not a team player. He's he's not he's, he's not he's not there for Palace, is he?
1: No, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, Zaha, you know, was definitely one for me as well. And I thought it was quite nice that we actually contained him. We didn't have a shot on target as well, you know, for somebody who's sort of highly rated and is, you know, he's meant to be your, your, your key player. You know, we could be pretty much, you know, had him in the pocket as it
0: was. I mean, the Alard stinker for you. Um, I on the on the football side of thing, I'm going to go Zaha as well, and I'll. I... But from the Palace angle, because we, when we were walking back to the train station, we sort of made some new chums, as we say, and got chatting to a couple of you know good 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 guys that are Palace fans, and and they said more or less what Laney's just said is that they just want to ship him out, take the money, and um and and build a team essentially, because they just basically said he's playing for himself, um, he doesn't appear to be playing for for the team, and. Um, and yeah, they just they were thoroughly frustrated with him, probably as much as we were, and as much as Sergi Canos was. I mean,
1: for me. I, I've gone. I can go Zaha as well for exactly the same reasons as you, you know. And and I'm not going to go into any much more, but got, because he wasn't, he, he wasn't, he wasn't great. And like I said to you, as a Palace fan, I'll be pretty gutted actually if uh, if Zaha actually played for me. Imagine if he was playing for us. I mean, we'll be, there'll be all sorts of moaning going on, you know, in the in the new the New Ealing Road, we call it in the West End, like right, you know. But for me, there's a couple of interesting stickers actually. I mean, I think that um, I think that and this was a real kind of. uh, A call for us, a real realisation, because we spent quite a lot of time sort of trying to plot up, you know, exactly what we were going to do yesterday, where we're going to go, how we're going to get to the game, what we're going to go to, where we're going to drink. And it was a bit of a nightmare because basically um, the plotting was doing because... Crystal Palace have got a pretty much have got a like a bouncers on the door no home fans in this pub policy which we're not used to at all it doesn't happen at Brentford doesn't happen at 95% of the away games that we go to when we've been going in the championship in the lower leagues and it's a real you know eye opener for us coming to the Premier League and having this and trying to <laughs> trying to get into places so the away fan uh, policy for me I think is just is a it's a right stinker for me, as you know, sort of drinking locally, the right sticker. We 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 got away with it in the end, and we we managed to find a place which we'll talk about a little bit later. We we'll talk about the away day, but for me, that was that was a, that was a stinker. But I have to also mention, you know, and I think that will make people laugh is the the the, the roll neck um, guy in the in the in the in the home end who kept on uh, abusing the away fans. Like you know, something that we've missed for years. Like you know, what I'm saying the sort of the pointy fingers, the fingers up, and then he gets taken away by the stewards and the police, then he pops back up again, and he's just giving views I thought that you know it was amusing and it reminds us of the away days but he was a proper stinker I mean that I you
0: did you see it from where you were the allot oh yeah 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 I mean we were sort of down towards the front um so we saw him very clearly and um and he disappeared with 10 minutes to go <laughs> never to return. <laughs> yeah so it was, so like, sort of, it was like he sort of it was like he decided he was going to take on the whole of the Brentford end uh, but I'm just I just need to be somewhere for five o'clock yeah, yeah
2: right. I, I, I,
4: you, you use the word stinker, I, I use the word arsehole, and um, I, I I really do hope he gets what's coming to him at some stage because he obviously does that every game. That's the reason he stands there. So, uh, yes, yeah, hopefully some sort of justice will be meted out at some stage. <laughs> yeah, but
1: maybe he actually probably he went into the Bermuda Triangle. You've heard about the Bermuda Triangle. It's talked about where people where sort of people disappear behind the stands and they're never seen again. Like you know, just like the Bermuda Triangle. So I think that might have been what's happened to him. So listen, just Laney, Give us some positives for you from that game. I know we've talked about a lot of things, but just 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 nail it for me. The positives.
4: Well, positives. Yeah, defence, um, solidity, um, confidence, um, organisation, um, building. Uh, clearly, a, a strong campaign ahead of us. It's um, it's it's it is it's a very very positive time. Four points. Um, out of six and I'm also delighted the way the fixture list has meted out our fixtures rather than the ones that Norwich have got because they're minus 10 goals on us now um, because they had Liverpool and then Man City. Um, obviously our win against Arsenal has, has helped us hugely but it shows you you know um, it, it could have been different and um, how grateful we should be that the, as I said the fixture list has been fairly, fairly kind to us um, uh, so yeah that's 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 the positives for me it's just the fact that we can sit there looking at the league table not looking up at everyone else and hemorrhaging goals we're we've sat there with with things a confident position to build on for uh, you know ahead of Aston Villa next week
1: but do you think it's fair i mean some of the palace fans were saying not the ones that we spoke to after the game again if you check out the post match podcast we chatted to a few palace fans after the game on that so check that out but no if you look around on the forums that they were sort of saying how sad are Brentford for celebrating a nil all draw like you know they're sort of kind of putting us down for sort of celebrating you know after the game the players came over and the fans are really happy um th- do you think that's a fair point or do you think that's a bit kind of like you know hmm, you know I think it's just this ridiculous thing to suggest. You know, we're we're, we're
4: first time we've been up here in our lifetimes. um, And, you know, we've got a solid away point. It's, 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 we're we're celebrating and enjoying being here. It's, um, you know, the euphoria of the, the the playoff um, victory and the win over Bournemouth is continuing. You know, it's, 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 it's you know if we walked away booing our team off i I'd, I'd be really concerned no applauding our team off after that result i I'd, I'd say is uh you know is, 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 is what an, an intelligent football supporter would do rather than um, someone who's salty and full of sour grapes
1: right. there's, there's an argument to say that if that game was played and it was like the second last game of the season and we needed a point to to help us to 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 to, to not get relegated then you'd then you then you celebrate that then. So, I mean, what's the difference with celebrating it at the beginning of the season well, and at the end
4: well, of the it's season? Just, but, but Bill, you know, also, it's the first time that all our fans have been together at an away game. You know, it's almost 3,000 Brentford there and they've had a good day out. I mean, <laughs> what do you want us to do? Just turn away and walk away like moping? No, no. I, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't care what... what fans like that say, you know, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. I know I'm only really worried about what Brentford fans think at the moment. I don't care what the premier league thinks of us at this stage. Um, it's still too early. You know, we're, we're enjoying every minute of it and long may that last. Listen, the Ellards, positives.
0: Um, I think you have to say 180 minutes played in the, in the premier league and, um, we haven't let a golden. I mean, how that, that's, that's a brilliant statistic, um, to start our premier league, um, experience off, isn't it? And, um, and, and, and that sort of backs up exactly what Laney said. Um, and it also, you know, explains why, you know, you, you celebrate not letting a goal in, don't you? I mean, you are allowed to do that, I think. Um, I think, you, you know, we're four points in. Well, um, by my reckoning, if we can average a point a game, um, we'll be safe this season. So we're now four points after two games. Um, that's yeah. amazing.
1: That's right, and, and interesting because we weren't sure when we did the podcast last week exactly how many points that we needed in the Premier League to stay up because we, we all know what it's going to be in the in the Championship. You know, 50 points, 52 points, you know, maybe even you can get away with it, 48 points. We know that nailed on, but we don't know. But I was told yesterday by the, the Palace fans, 38 points, they say. If you're 40 points, you're nailed on, but 38 points, you should be safe in the uh, in the Premier League. So we've got, what's it, uh, 38, 30... <laughs> Uh, Thirty two, is it
4: 32, 30, yeah, 34 points to no, go? No, we can't. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 equally, I'm going to go back at those Palace fans. Like all that flag waving beforehand is that, is that isn't that a bit over the top for a game against Brentford? Uh, is that their, was that their cup final? You know, what I mean, it's just like you, you can you can pick you can pick stuff out, and uh, you know, I just go I just go back to my default position. I don't need anyone's permission to be happy. You know, <laughs> and if they if they if they're not happy with us being happy, then it's up to them I don't give a monkeys
1: that's right yeah and for me I mean you've talked about it before but for me it's defence and I keep saying it you know the fact that you know we're better defensively than I thought would be with all due respect to our defenders not saying that they're bad but I'm just saying with Premier League that for me has made me happy it might change over the next few weeks so that is one massive uh, bonus for me but also our pressing game which (laughs) seems to have gone up a level as well it's either it's gone up to a level or people just don't press in the same way that we've been pressing in in this league because uh, you know I think it's helped with, like I said, Frank the Tank coming in and uh, picking it up very quickly as well. But even people like Januk, you know, what I'm saying he's just, he's just, he's just a nutter, you know. And he's just, they're just brilliant that side. So things like that, which goes to show you that you know, we're able to, you know, we're we're able to match these teams and give them a few problems, which I think is a major positive. So, um, but you know, obviously not everything's hunky dory. You know, what do we need to look out for the Allied?
0: Um, i just think we need to look out for um at the moment for me it feels like um we've got our strongest 11 out there um i, I c- c- coming off the bench yesterday um I, we, we could get a couple of injuries and i think it could start getting a bit a, a little bit concerning so we just probably need to have a good game tuesday night get a lot of the bench playing and stuff like that and um, and that's yeah that it, it feels like we're playing at absolute maximum at the moment and we can't Relax at all. Um, we've got no space to play, is what I'm finding. Um, so yeah, we need to find a way to create a bit more space to play, and um, and hopefully in games against the teams that are going to be around us, to, you know, we need to hopefully just find a way to play a little bit more than we did yesterday.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you noticed that again when again Frank the Tank really came off, you know, and we got Godos on again. This is no disrespect to him but you noticed, you know the how our game sort of changed slightly you know we also had bidstrap that came on a little bit later as well you know so it's it's we've it's almost like the good thing those players I thought they did really well because we didn't collapse but it felt at the end that we were sort of not slightly hanging on I didn't feel that you know we might get an unlucky goal behind us but I didn't think we were hanging on by a thread but you could see the difference between the two sides couldn't you
0: yeah, and and there's an argument that says what we really need to do is bring somebody on just to change the game, and and we, I don't think we had somebody on the bench that, that that could do that, and maybe that's more my point. I thought um, Godos, um, you know, he played a lovely through ball, didn't he? And um, so he got himself into the game. Binstrip obviously gets himself into the game quickly. He's a he's a he's, he's a fantastic all-round player, um, but I think he gave the ball away stupidly, maybe with about seven or eight minutes to go. Um, and Wisa was excellent on the ball, um, not so excellent off it. He certainly had none of the pressing intent that Brian had, considering he was only on the pitch for for ten or fifteen minutes. Um, I thought that was a little bit disappointing, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Lainey.
4: Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I agree. You know. We. Do, we do need someone. You know. That can come on and, and, and impact the game. But. Um. You know. I, I. just thought the with the intensity of yesterday. Um. We were. We were. We. I think we could smell uh, a point towards the end. And I think we. You know. We. 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 We'd stopped. We stopped pushing. Um. Quite as. Quite as hard for that win. I thought. I think. I think Ivan Tony's struggling a little bit. He's. He's. He's not. He's not really kind of. At where we need him to be, he had a couple of chances. One, one come off his shoulder instead of his head. That probably could have gone in. Um, and there was another header that he came in and he needed to get over it. The ball was probably just a little bit too high. Another day he would have got at least one, maybe two goals there. So I think it's going to come good for for Tony. But I just, don't, as long as he doesn't keep trying too hard, I think you know he just needs to carry on doing what he's doing, being in those positions, chances will come.
1: Okay, and the same for me as well. Again, it's taking the chances. I've been saying it all the time. It's it's one of those things. You know, we had all right. You know, if you compare to the championship, our XG is probably slightly lower because we knew we were going to get less chances here. But we still, you know, we we're right. You know, twice as good, decent chances than than than, than uh, Palace had. But we didn't put them away. And that Tony chance that you talked about was a big chance that we didn't um, that we did that he didn't now you know, and maybe he might have nailed that in the, in the, in the, in the championship. Maybe the, you know, the the defences that he's playing against are better, like, you know, so we need to start looking at taking our chances. Maybe this will come a time. Don't forget, Ivan Tony took a bit of a time to actually get going last season as well. You know, there was the old uh, water waste of money, tongue in cheek chance in the pub at the beginning of the season when we bought him and that carried on when he was scoring his 30 and 31 goals, like, you know, so, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But listen, I mean, just talking about Football fans, the thing that we have missed, I'd say massively, is the away day. And I just want you guys to just give us your marks out of 10 and just talk to me about your away day. The Allards.
0: Yeah, so I'd give it, I think I'd give it an eight. I think it could potentially easily be a five. I think you've already touched on it a little bit. You have to plot, you have to plot up for this one. Um, We did a sort of Peckham detour before the game. Um that, that worked out nicely and then it was just I think fifteen, twenty minutes on the train. So I let, we, we, we stopped at um a nice little brewery in Peckham, um did a few beers there and then um then jumped on the train about two ish and, and we got in the ground about you know, quarter to three, ten to three. You don't need to get in the ground any time before that, do you? So that worked nicely. And then after the game, a little bit of um, a, a little bit of a meet up in Clapham at, um, at this, this this funny little place called Project Orange, which um, which is like I can best describe it as a heavy metal bar that has a, has a decent selection of beer. And um, but. I think they were really happy to see us. They had no one in there until we all piled in, and uh, I think and they made us feel very welcome. At least to the point that I left. I don't know how it went on after that. you might be able to fill us in.
4: No, no, they they carried on being quite happy that we were there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, for me, as an away day, uh, it, for me it was five, maybe even four. Um, it seems to be a lot, lot of travelling, lot of lot of moving around, lot of walking, a lot of trains. Um, didn't I, I didn't enjoy my day out at all really until I got back to Clapham later on and I could relax a bit. So yeah, no I I'll go four, four out of ten for me.
1: What about the atmosphere in the ground from you guys?
4: Ah, uh, the atmosphere in the ground for me was a lot better. I give I give that an eight. I thought Brentford uh, fans were excellent. I thought Palace um, were 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 very very good. Um, not not massively into the flags, but the uh, the Holmesdale, um, uh, ultras I thought um, put on a good show. Um, probably not at their loudest, but you know they, they didn't score, but they, they they did well to get behind the team. Yeah, overall I thought that was a, an eight and a half out of ten.
0: And and I factor that into my, my, my sort of overall eight is that if 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 you plan it, um it, it can be an eight. Um the away end I thought worked worked pretty well. Um it, there were good noise from us, um, yeah. So it, it it was a bit of a weird one. Maybe maybe my eight almost comes from the fact that I haven't done an away game in a year and a half or however long it's been. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: For me, I mean, I've I've given it. I think I've given it sort of a seven out of ten. Again, it's a difficult one because, like I said, the plotting up was was was, was you know it's a nightmare trying to sort of kind of just find somewhere where everybody can you know it's going to be meeting up and you know people come earlier people come later there's the fact that there's problem with tickets so some people wanted to be able to access the the ticket place earlier because they needed to go so we ended up going local more than actually start to go away and also going away is, there was a bit of problem because there was a few train delays as well I mean on the way back as well I had nightmare train delays so it's just things like that which creates a problem which makes it not great but we ended up in a cafe right in the middle of kind of like right of the manor which was the, the guy was not particularly happy with us coming there because he was saying, oh, no, you're going to take places from my Palace locals. And we were like, I'm not being really funny, mate. We're here at 12 o'clock when you've opened and we have filled the place full of Brentford fans. And he was like very not happy with us. And more and more Beast fans. We basically took the place over. But then his uh, Palace locals. they didn't turn up till about half one, quarter to two anyway. So I, I just thought that was quite strange. But, you know, it was good t- to see loads of characters that I've not seen in a long time. It was a good vibe. The beer was average in that place but that didn't really matter to me it was the fact that you know mates I haven't seen for ages all got in together had a good chin wag before the match and then we went off to the game the game itself the atmosphere I thought was uh I thought it was good I thought I've got a lot of respect for Palace their fans you know the, the homestyle the noise that they make so I thought it was good inside the stadium uh, I thought the Beast fans were good as well I said you know could be again it's one of those ones where you made noise Um, A goal would have helped, obviously, to take it up to another level, but I thought it was okay. And after the game, I went eventually, winging my way back to to, to Dulwich to go and meet a few of my Millwall mates, stroke Dulwich Hamlet buddies down there for a little bit of a post-match. So uh, the away day itself, I'd give that a 7 out of 10. But that was boosted up, I think, a lot by, um, by the atmosphere in the ground as well. If it came down to the drinking itself, you know, I think that Palace needs to actually do a few more things to actually make away fans more welcome. And, uh, and, and, and and just yeah you know, so that's the way it goes but listen I'm gonna ask you guys to uh, sum up the whole day sum up the whole experience sum up the whole game Laney
4: yep Um so, just a just a solid point really yeah it was a it was kind of like um mission accomplished I'd say you know, I think if anyone said four points from the first two games, you would have bitten their hands off, and that's what we've that's what we've achieved um yeah, so yeah that, that's that's the summing up really It's just that we, I thought the performance by brentford was 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 pretty good um there's still room for improvement um we need we needed a goal that would have made it even better. Uh, but yeah, no, I I, well, I think we came come back to West London with our heads held high, and um, yeah, that for me, yeah, mission mission accomplished.
0: The L yeah, we, we we got in and we got out in one piece, and um, we could have sneaked it. Like, like like you've already said, you know, if if you look at the chances, I think we had better. Well, we did have better chances than Palace if you add it all together, and you you trust the old XG, and I we tend to. Um, that's not to say that, you know, one, one laps in concentration and Palace could have won, but we got out in one piece. I think that's what's important. It was our first big battle. And um, yeah.
1: And for me, it's the fact that, you know, Palace, they are the survivors. They survive every year in that league and they, they know how to survive. And we, we matched them. You know, so it's kind of one of those things where if we're going to be down that level, you know, and we're going to be sort of surviving, at least we know that we are matching the team that does similar. You know, um, as we as we said, you know, any other day we could have uh, we could have won that game. Rasmus sankerson Brentford director of football said to, you know, if we had a bit of luck, we might have won that game. But we didn't, you know. Uh, so this is a good barometer for us as well. Uh, the other thing, you know, the summary for me is um, we're actually doing better than I thought so far. And this is not a disrespect to Brentford, but I said no barometer, had no idea how we're going to do this Premier League. so I think we're doing better than we thought so far still a very long way to go so we'll see how that goes and the other thing is that like I said to you we need to know how to convert our chances because you know we've had a couple of you know relatively we can say easy but games we're gonna have some difficult games down the line so we need to convert those chances to get ourselves up there but overall very happy with the way things are going so listen so just finished one game at the weekend against Palace and we've got another game coming up on Tuesday against Forest Green Rovers in the League Cup We've got Laurie Martin from the FGR podcast. He's going to give us the lowdown on Forest Green Rovers.
5: Hi Billy, Laurie Martin here from the Pod on Top of the Hill podcast, a Forest Green Rovers fan podcast. I also cover the club for Gloucestershire Live as well and have supported them pretty much my entire life. It's a big game for Forest Green on Tuesday night, away at lot Brentford. I'm sure our fans are slightly more excited than, than you are, but... It's a big night out for for Forest Green fans. Only the second time that we would have played a, a Premier League side in a competitive fixture. Uh, the other time was pretty much two years ago to the week, I think. Carabao Cup second round, played uh, AFC Bournemouth. 0-0 draw in normal time. They had a good team out as well. Callum Wilson, Harry Wilson, some some really good players. But Forest Green held firm, eventually bowed out on penalties, 3-0. Failed to score a penalty that night. So yeah, it's uh, only only the second time and a really exciting opportunity for for those Rovers players to go out and strut their stuff in a brand new ground, which we can't wait to visit. And we come into it with plenty of confidence as well. Um, you know, acknowledging that it's going to be extremely difficult, but Forest Green have had 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 a brilliant start. Um, five wins in a row in the in the last round in the Carabao Cup. It was a penalty shootout victory over Bristol City, but in the league. Rovers are looking absolutely scintillating, to be honest. The most informed team in the EFL. The only teams who have won their four opening matches. Uh, the highest score is 13 goals in four games. It took us 10 games to get to that tally, tally last season. And all of this is because of a, a new head coach. Rob Edwards has come in during the summer and has done really good things so far. Uh, Mark Cooper departed uh, end of last season after five years in charge. And in comes Rob Edwards... Uh, not a lot was known about him, to be honest. He's got an impressive CV in terms of in terms of youth experience, working with England and working with the Wolves under-23s. But in terms of men's management, a brief spell at Telford in the National League North was all he had. Um, so, you know, Forest Green fans, I think, sort of acknowledged that might have to have a bit of patience with this new gaffer. But he started like a house on fire. And yesterday's 6-3 win over Crawley Town sort of epitomised that. Some really slick attacking football um, beat Warsaw comfortably last week as well 3-1 they're just looking a very very good side at the moment in terms of Forest Green I'm not sure how much Brentford fans will, will know about the club but I guess in terms of what people do know it would almost be off pitch stuff um, you know it's well publicised about about the club's policy I guess the, the ethos um, all vegan football club uh, and that comes from Dale Vince who has been at the club now for 10 years as as chairman and owner Um you know a trend setter i think it's fair to say um an organic pitch bamboo shirts plenty plenty of stuff um wh- which i'm sure brentford fans have, have heard heard of before in terms of the two clubs though i think there's a- almost similarities there i think brentford's recruitment is so again so well publicized and and so impressive this money ball model i guess um recruiting Players from leagues that I guess clubs, other clubs wouldn't recruit from, and then selling them on for for big big fees. You look at Ben Rama and, and Watkins as two recent examples, and Forest Green are kind of like that on a on a lower on a lower scale. Like Ethan Pinnock is a is a fine example of that. Bought from Dulwich Hamlet, come on to him in a bit more detail in a bit, but bought from Dulwich Hamlet, sold to Barnsley, and uh, yeah, that's sort of what Forest Green looked to do: pick up gems from non-league or. Look to pick up players who have been thrown on the scrap heap at Premier League academies and develop them, improve them. So I think, in terms of that, there are there are similarities, but between the two clubs and and Forest Green, I've uh, have, have sort of, yeah, been been very good at doing that in in the last few years. Promoted from from the National League in 2017, and I guess the perception of the club has has sort of changed since Dale Vince has come in. Um, in the conference, they had a very, very big budget, um, were well-backed, uh, had a very good squad, and they just couldn't quite achieve promotion. It was eventually achieved in 2017 under Mark Cooper, but before that, with David Hockaday and Aidy Pennock, they, it's fair to say, underachieved with with good budgets. Um, so, yeah, Forest Green probably weren't the most liked club um, in in the sort of latter years of the National League, as a bit it's a bit like how sort of Salford are perceived now with with the backing of the the class of ninety two, I guess. But Forest Green, as I've mentioned, looking really good this season so far, and it's still very early days. But after going close on a few occasions in the last few years, we've had two playoff campaigns in our first uh, four seasons in League Two. It looks like they're well placed to to go again and maybe go one better um even though it's only been after, only been four games of course but um it is it's this represents a new beginning for Forest Green mark cooper um 5 years at the club which is such a long time uh for any manager now uh don't see that sort of longevity anymore but he did lose his job uh april of this of this year but before that um you know Forest Green have, have been one of the better teams in league 2 for the last few years the first season they nearly went down survived by a point in the end would have been disastrous to go back down to the National League uh, after Forest Green had worked so hard to get there in the first place and and signed so many players in that summer in January but since then they have gone from strength to strength a couple of uh, playoff campaigns as I mentioned the season that was disrupted by Covid was a disappointing one where Rovers I think finished 10th in the end via PPG but in, in terms of, of this season, this is probably the best squad Forest Green have had under a, a head coach who I think everyone's really got behind and who everybody trusts. So it is, it is looking very promising. One of the, I guess, main talking points surrounding this fixture is, is Ethan Pinnock. And I don't think any Forest Green fan realistically expects him to play. However nice that would be, he would get a really good reception from, I think it will be about 500-odd travelling fans on, on Tuesday night. He would get a brilliant reception because it was obvious to us straight away. And we're not just saying that or I'm not just saying that because he's gone and gone and done what he's done. But I think when you when you watched him probably just after sort of five to ten games, you thought this this guy is is too good. It's sort of men against boys sort of stuff when he played for us in the National League. Um, He was versatile. He played centre back, left back, holding midfield in front of the back four. he he could just do everything so comfortable on the ball dominant in the air really good size um it felt like he could you could put him anywhere on the pitch and he'd do a job for you and he missed about the last 10 games of the promotion winning season in 16-17 and um he came back for the playoffs and played at left back in both semi-finals and the final and he was absolutely exceptional one of the best players on the pitch and that sort of just speaks volumes of of the man I think. you know, he'd, he'd missed so much football, but he came back in and performed absolutely unbelievably. His move to, to Barnsley that, that summer was inevitable because he was clearly above the level. A great pickup up from, from Forrest Green to discover him from, from Dulwich Hamlet. And what he's gone on to achieve has, has been no surprise. You know, I've watched Brentford a fair few times, I think, over the last couple of years on, on Sky, when they've been playing in the Championship. And every time you watch him, you think, how is this guy not playing in the Premier League yet? He, unbelievable. So it's good that he's now getting that opportunity. Um, I think it's almost a shame that that he was sort of like a late uh, developer. I think he joined Forest Green when he was 24, maybe. I think if that move had come around a few years years earlier, then you know we could be talking about a Champions League defender. Really, I think he's he's that good, and and he's just got it uh, left-footed as well. You know how highly valued left-footed centre backs are nowadays. So Ethan Pinnock, he'll get a. Get a great reception if he if he does come on on Tuesday. Although I don't think any Forest Green fans are really sort of holding out hope that he will do so. And since then, lots of players have sort of followed in that in that sort of Pinnock footstep, I guess. Um, Liam Kitching is another one. We sold him to Barnsley in, in January. Uh, he's another player who I think will definitely go on to play in the Premier League. He's only 21, playing in the Championship, so he's definitely a player who I think you'll cross paths with in the in the Premier League in the future. I and mean, we've got a few players like that at, at, at the moment, actually. Um Yudoka Godwin Malief is one of them. Unfortunately he's gonna be injured for this game. He's got a broken collarbone, but a overlapping centre back, right sided, great energy, athleticism, really sort of wise and humble head. But as I said, unfortunately he won't be playing, which is which is a shame because I think uh Brentford fans would, would really enjoy watching him. Um in terms of our, our other key players, our strikers have been on great form this season. Jamil Matt and Matty Stevens. Although it's difficult to say what Forest Green are going to do here. I think they'll probably make four changes. That's what they did for the Bristol City game. And I'd imagine they'd do something similar here. Everyone's going to want to play this game. Um, that's that's the difference. Everyone will want to play. Um, because, you know, a big stage, there'll be loads of people watching. You know, scouts from, from bigger clubs, etc. So everyone's going to want to play and prove themselves in terms of my man to watch out for if he plays Nicky Cadden uh scored a hat trick against Crawley yesterday he's a left wing back a hat trick for a, for a left wing back I'm not sure if if anyone's ever done that before uh again a player who's probably above above league 2 level a great left foot um looks to get to the byline really good technique from from set pieces and, and crossing and uh yeah he's he's one to to watch out for Nicky Cadden, Cadden a flying left wing back who we bought from Granite Morton uh a couple of summers ago but yeah I I think as I've mentioned already I think Brentford fans will leave uh, the stadium on Tuesday night feeling impressed with what they've seen from Forest Green Edwards has implemented a sort of 3-4-1-2 system it's really flexible um, expansive fun just a really fun team to watch plenty of rotations and movement going on Uh, and, and they won't change as well that's that's something Rob Edwards has made clear so far They won't change for anybody. They'll look to attack every game. They want to win every game. Forest Green will have spells on Tuesday night where they'll dominate possession. Um, Now, you know, for the level, they are a a really good side to watch. Um, I'm expecting an entertaining game on Tuesday. What team will your lot put out? Obviously, you know, I'm not expecting the big boys, your Tonys and and Mbwemos, etc. I would, you know, I'm guessing sort of force will start. uh, Maybe someone like Charlie Good who... Uh, we came up against a couple of times when he played for Northampton in League Two. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of team you put out. Obviously, you, you scrapped your academy, didn't you, a, a few years back, and now got a B team. So uh, you know, I think a few of those boys will feature. But it, it'll be a great experience for for those Forest Green players. Not you know, not expecting um, the 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 big boys to come out and play, but it will still be players who have got great pedigree. Marcus Fores, of course, was was at the Euros in the summer, I think. So. That just, just tells you a lot. It's a shame uh, Josh De Silva's injured at, at the minute because when I, when I whenever I've watched Brentford, he's been one of my favourite players to watch. I think he's an absolutely fantastic player. Uh, but score prediction on Tuesday. I, I don't think I'm saying this through bias. I think this is my head speaking over heart. I think Forest Green can do something on Tuesday night. They're fearless, a young squad. As I've said, they won't change for anybody. They're going to give it a really good go on Tuesday. And a lot of this depends on how much Brentford change, I guess. You know, if if it is Pinnock, Tony, uh, you know, Raya Janssen, then things might look a bit different, but I don't think we're expecting that. So, yeah, if it, if there are a few changes there, I think Forest Green can do something. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Um, and then, obviously, straight to penalties, which I think, I think is a good thing. I don't think anyone enjoys extra time, really, do they? Um, so... In terms of penalties, I think, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably where where Brentford will prevail. I think, uh, you know, two years ago against Bournemouth, we failed to score a penalty. Uh, I think it can be quite a, quite a daunting thing when you're going up against a Premier League goalkeeper taking a penalty. So I think Brentford will win on pens, but I'm expecting a really brave effort from Forest Green on Tuesday night. One-one, and I think Brentford fans, you'll leave feeling really impressed with what you, what you've seen as well. So. Here's hoping for a good game anyway. Um, It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Billy. And yeah, see you all Tuesday. Looking forward to a good game down at the Brentford Community Stadium. I can't wait to visit as well.
1: So that was Laurie Martin from the FGR podcast talking all things Forest Green Rovers. So yeah, there you have it. Forest Green Rovers and Palace all in one. So listen, this has been the besotted Pride of West London podcast don't forget Check the post-match podcast for the Terrace. You know, besotted.com, we've got all sorts of articles. We'll have a match report from this as well. Don't forget kofibesotted.com forward slash beer and you can support us. You can buy us a beer if you want to. We thank you for all the people that supported us so far. Thanks for the people who have pledged support and and sponsorship and stuff like that. We've been talking to a few people, so we appreciate that. If anybody else wants to, um, besotted1992 at gmail.com, just message us or DM us or whatever you need to do as well. T-shirts, Premier League T-shirts, go and buy them from besotted.com and subscribe to us on all podcast channels but great chatting to you i've got the allied in the house
0: good morning i suppose and um, (laughs) i'll see you tuesday night for a bit of forest green rovers we got the laney
1: in the house good afternoon good afternoon good morning this is billy grant here i've had a great time my buddies as we say we're going to we've got another podcast on wednesday and thursday Thursday, as we say come Come on you bees
0: come on you bees you bees